God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this is better than those things. We've got three more games left in the season. Still plenty of people vying for that playoff spot. A few people definitely out, but a lot of people still important games to go on. I'm your host, 2018 champion, Andrew Gelblatt, joined by my co-host, your commissioner, current SACO, two-time champion, Andrew Seiler, and our guest this week, our 2014 champion. You know him, you love him for his segment, Stats with Steven. It's Steven Caniglio himself. Steven, how are you doing today? <laughs> good. How's it going, everybody? Good, good. It's, uh, it's been an interesting week. A few, I know a lot of people are excited to hear this podcast, hear some of these conversations, but we definitely don't want to overshadow our guests as we're excited for the insights he brings into this league that we know no one else can and excited to hear some of that. Right, Stephen? Yeah, totally. (laughs) uh, Or do you want me to just keep going like this? I'm sorry? You want me to break the news or do you want to just, you know, rip the bandaid off? I'll rip the bandaid off. Unfortunately, guests, fans of myself and the podcast, uh, we, uh, I, I had too much to do at work this week. And despite delays from our generous hosts, I was not able to prepare Stats by Steve in time for this podcast. So I know that brings great disappointment to everybody, but uh, I guess the math guy is going to have to talk about not math stuff. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll bring you on for a special playoff segment to talk about what could have been in your segment when when you spoke of that, but for now, we'll just go through our normal show, go through last week's matchups, maybe in between matchups and power rankings, we'll talk about any topics, if there's anything going going on in the league, talk about trades, any recent waiver pickups, their eligibility to be played in certain spots, who knows where the conversation will go, we'll just let it be, then go over our our power (laughs) rankings, and then talk about our predictions. How did uh? How are we with predictions? By the way, I didn't check that out. Uh, you are winning in predictions right now. You have a better percentage. We did pretty well. I guess we all went. We all went four and two last week. That's right. We all went four and two. So it was a good week by all. That's not bad. But let's go into <laughs> the matchups in general and I'd like to start with our guest first. We had Stephen against the the famous guys. I can't lose to Lee. <laughs> Pulling out the W, didn't lose to Lee, 117 to 108. Had to be scary going into the Sunday games after that Naheem Pines performance. But how were you feeling during that game, Stephen? It must have felt good to have Chubb and Hunt back. It, it really was the difference between my whole season. When I've had Chubb, um, you know, I've won. And when I haven't, I've lost. Uh, so it, it's good to have him back. I think he's really the core of my team and uh, happy to have him. Yeah, I mean, on the flip side, Lee's team really the biggest downfall was James Conner with only five points. They were really in a pass heavy game that week. Ben, big Ben had a a terrific game. Not really sure what else to add. I mean, of course you were playing Lee without uh, CETH and Calvin Ridley. That was the big advantage to you. Also, Also, I, I felt bad for you once Nick Chubb broke the touchdown and then just decided to run out at the one-yard line. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> he might lose like that. I um, was freaking out when I saw that. I'm like, if I lose by anything more than six points, I, uh, less than six points, I will freak out. <laughs> and it's also crazy that you started both of them, and they both had 100 yards rushing. 
Yeah, that, that's a first. But for those who have not paid enough attention to my team when they were both in the lineup, when Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb was always an RB1. And when Kareem Hunt was playing with Nick Chubb, he was always a top end RB2. So even though they play for the same team, they having them together has been a real boon. Yeah, it's definitely worked out for you. And, uh, and I mean, the first thing that's gone your way is Drew Brees actually getting injured uh, in terms of fan. I mean, not, we don't root for injuries on this podcast, but that was the first thing I think all year that has been a positive development for your fantasy football team. Yes, yeah. Never root for injuries. Um, you know, Drew Brees getting hurt is not good for football. Uh, it, w- it was good for fantasy. Um, it's but, not good uh, for fantasy either, actually, but we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> yeah so yeah that's rough and this is kind of you know we'll talk about Lee's team more generally when we talk about power rankings but from a win standpoint this was a really important game for him because while he is sitting at I believe it's six and four now there's a lot of teams creeping up on that that wild card spot especially with Noah getting the win and being at seven and three he is like I mean it could be a big fall from here. Absolutely. And I, I looked at his schedule and he plays myself this week, then Nate, which is a huge matchup for the playoffs next week. And then I think Dane in the last week. So that could be a big, you know, punishment implication matchup too. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. How- uh, next up, we had Corals against Scott. Corals pulls out the win 123 to 91. Big games from Alvin Kamara, Chase Claypool, which is seeming like a great pickup. And it was definitely nice. I'm sure he, he, you know, he probably felt good to be able to put Miles Sanders back in the lineup. I know it's been a while for him since then, but it was also a big win for them because in your division, I mean, it's so tight. Every win counts. And on the flip side, Scott really needed a win. He's not out of it officially yet, but he is going to need a lot of luck to be to make it into the playoffs now, only putting up 91 points. Uh, basically, no one on his team showing up besides Adam Thielen. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I think Corals, in a, in a low-scoring week, I think he was, what, the second-highest scorer? Um, I think Sanders coming back helps bring a little roundness to his team. You know, he, he had strength, but now I feel like he's – also has a, a higher floor with him around, you know, fixing up that RB2 spot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely a team to, to watch out for. And I do not like having both him and Siler in my division. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sad. I feel like this matchup is like the end of Scott's, you know, playoff hopes for this season. Uh, so my preseason darling is officially done. So it's, it's hard for me to, to say that and to come to terms with that, but um, I, I'm, I'm doing my best to um, accept it. But he's not statistically eliminated yet, and he just made a know? great trade with yours. How would you know? How would you know? You said you didn't do any stats. Because, uh, any, I mean, any team can win going in uh, if they go seven and six. So with three more wins and a couple things going his way, any, any of the teams uh, of me, Scott, or Brian can still make the playoffs. Interesting. So when the stats have to do with you, you seem to have them in your back pocket, but when they're stats with <laughs> else, all of a sudden they're not available to the league. Interesting. <laughs> you know, I'll try to do something for you guys. Maybe I'll have some stats for you guys to reference next week. Great. Next game we had was Dane against Noah. And this game was pretty interesting because at one point, I remember looking at the score and it seemed like it was going to be pretty close. 
And then all of a sudden, Noah just turned on the Jets with Kyler Murray, 31 points, Justin Jefferson, 20 points, Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, really strong games, really able to capitalize and, I guess, pad the poor performances from uh, Tyler Lockett and Robbie Anderson. On the flip side, Dane did get a really good game from Tom Brady and a surprisingly strong game from DeAndre Swift, which, you know, who unfortunately is out this week. Uh, but the rest of his team really couldn't, didn't show. And, it, uh, you know, he's still, he's tied for last. I guess technically he is in last because of points four, but he is tied in record. So let me ask you guys something. I know that Russell uh, and Noah had a lot of scrutiny on their trade the other week. Seeing Robbie Anderson poor, perform so poorly um, in, you know, this week, do you still think that that was a, a trade that favored either individual? Um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel as though Russell could have gotten more for him. Um, you know, I think what was, it was Robbie Anderson for Carson Wentz, if I believe that was the trade. And yeah. it's, I think Siler spoke about this, that I can't imagine any scenario where you're going to bench Lamar Jackson unless he actually gets hurt. So unless, I mean, it's a smart move from Russell in the sense that it seems pretty, I mean, I, I'm not even pretty clear. I mean, he's locked up a playoff spot through winning the division. So to get a backup for a quarterback who puts himself in vulnerable positions is smart. But I think maybe not with Noah's team specifically, but it was a good time to trade him. I mean, that was like a fantastic, I mean, since he traded him, he's been nothing but a subpar wide receiver. I don't know if he could have gotten more from another team for him though. Yeah, I agree with you, Galbot. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be a huge impact in the grand scheme of the league. I, I'm wondering if Noah's even going to start him in the long run because I know that Amari Cooper was on by that week, but uh, I guess it just more helped the depth of each team than anything else. Yeah. I also do want to mention about Dane's team. We overlooked this last week, but there was actually a trade between Dane and Wyatt, uh, Melvin Gordon for TJ Hawkinson. I don't know if either of you noticed that. I noticed I that. I noticed that Wyatt had TJ Hawkinson, but I didn't know it was through a trade. I just like assumed that Dane like dropped him or something and Wyatt picked him up. No, just curious what your thoughts are on that trade. I mean, TJ Hawkinson seems like a legit tight end one right now. That's a low bar to clear, for being honest. No, <laughs> definitely. Well, the bar might be set a little higher this week, but who knows? I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it's an RB3 for a tight end, a low, maybe low, middle, lower, and tight end one. I don't know. I think it was probably a trade of need, and they probably both got what they needed out of it. Yeah, that was just, just a thought. Uh, our next game, we had Russell against Wyatt, lowest scoring games of the week. Uh, actually, it was literally the two, uh, the, nope, it was the yeah, two, two lowest the, the, oh, the no. and the third lowest yes. scoring games of the week with 82 and 88. Just poor performance. I mean, there's nothing even really to highlight from any of this. DeAndre Hopkins basically saves Wyatt's game with that amazing touchdown and why it gets the win 88 to, to 82 I mean there's there's not there's a lot of low lights I mean you had uh, DJ Hawkinson who we were just talking about with two points I guess also DJ Moore who was in a tough matchup had a really good game for Wyatt and then on the flip side you had very just I, I don't even it was just very subpar games from everyone on on Russell's team but don't yeah. worry. I, I, 
I, I, I think that the the Hopkins catch was pretty ridiculous that he jumped over three people. And I didn't realize at the time that it actually just gave Wyatt the win as well as the Arizona Cardinals. So that's pretty wild. Um, right. I mean, I don't think, I don't think it worked out timing wise like that. I don't, I don't, cause that was the, was that the Sunday night game? Right. Yeah. It, it was the, it was a four o'clock. Right, right. So I don't know if it was actually like he made the catch and he won, but it's still just like crazy to think back that. Right. And I mean, it just goes to show that even the teams that are in first place are very vulnerable right now. Cause uh, I mean, these are two of the best teams in the league and they're putting up 88 points. So. Yeah. yeah. Some rare weakness from Wyatt that he is fortunate to have scraped by with without any sort of harm to his, to his record. Second to the last game we had was your co-host, Andrew Seiler, Joe Mixotic, winning 98-85, to two, again, very low-scoring games, able to squeak out one behind Aaron Rodgers' 30 points. Uh, no one else really shined on your team outside of that. And on the flip side, we had a good performance from Josh Allen. But again, Brian had basically his – I mean, this is a game – I mean, you got lucky because if, if Brian did not have his three best players on by – I mean, this is a big loss for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm thank. I mean, I did get lucky, but I'm going through a ton of injuries and have been for like the entire season, so How I don't you? feel too bad. Hmm. I feel so bad for you with all these. You're talking to like, the, <laughs> like, like, like your 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 what's the term? You're you're preaching to the choir right now. Yes, misery loves company. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would have loved for Brian to take out a win just to kind of help give me more of a chance in my own division. But uh, Tyler, you, you, you've been, look, you're a high scorer, but you really dodged on this round this way. Yes, I did. And the last game we had myself against Nate. Nate pulls out the win 105 to 95. I'm actually happy I ended up playing Mercedes Lewis over Logan Thomas because if I had played Logan Thomas, I would have lost by two points and that would have made me even more frustrated. So at least <laughs> the way I like I like I only did this because I was playing Nate and I was like, okay, this like Mercedes Lewis feels like a Nate player. I don't know why. Like it just seems like the kind of guy Nate would throw at like a pocket play because it's like, oh, he's playing a bad defense. And I saw some tweet about it. I was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna shoot myself if Mercedes Lewis blows up and I didn't play him. It's not like I'm expecting a huge game from Logan Thomas anyway to like win me the game. Like maybe I'll get lucky with Mercedes Lewis. Uh but yeah, I lose 95, 105. Uh Big Ben had a great game, but my running backs just couldn't hold their own. And why, you know, just poor performance all around. And same with Nate. I mean, didn't have any really strong performers. I mean, of course, Wayne Gallman gets two touchdowns, 50 yards. So that was great to watch as at the at the the New York sports bar. But Nate gets the win and he's six and four, tied with a lot of other teams for a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, not, Nate has been fortunate. Uh, he has been a fighter despite a lot of industry injuries and uh, just, just some more bad luck for you, Gilblatt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what I mean. At, at this point, I mean, I, I can tell the viewers, I would, I, by four o'clock, Stephen and I were playing Xbox. So I was like, I just, I, it's not even worth it. <laughs> games like what am i what am i gaining from this like literally if logan thomas had played i would have been like screaming at my computer for ben roffles like but when they were they like were basically blowing out the Bengals, and then they put in whatever what's their, what's their backup's name i forget the guy who got hit with by miles garrett with the helmet oh not not hoggins uh, i forget his name 
Mason Rudolph. Yeah, so Mason mm-hmm. Rudolph comes in, and I would have just been like, no, fuck, fuck. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm glad that it's almost, it was almost more of a peace of mind that I would have lost anyway. I, I think it's really funny that Nate did change his team name after this too. I won this league by a lot and changes his picture to Trump. Um, I think it would have been even funnier if he lost to you by 10 points and changed his team name to that. Yeah, that, that would have been even funnier. <laughs> You're right. That would have been even funnier. So looking at the standings, we've got Noah in first place. We got Wyatt in second as the number two seed. Silo, you're the third seed. Russell's the fourth. And our two wild cards are Corals and Lee, both sitting at six and four. It's crazy to think that Lee is some is beating someone in points four, but, uh, but that is the case because he's beating the one other person who is six and four somehow by, uh, by, by like 50 points, which is ridiculous. What a year. What a year. <laughs> So the, the really close things to look out for going into the rest of the season, you know, in the former champs division, you've got Siler and Quarles with a two game lead over Caniglio. But like we said, there's three games left. And I believe most of these games left are interdivision games, or at least one of them is. You said that Siler, like the last two so weeks. The last week, uh, since there's an odd number of teams in each division, everyone can't be playing against right. a division opponent but the last week has mostly divisional matchups and i i'm not sure about the second to last week but uh i know for sure myself is playing i'm playing caniglio and corals to end the season so hopefully other people have a similar type thing yeah i think i'm pretty scheduled i play so i play uh noah this week and then i play dane and then i play russell okay good and i know lee plays against nate next week so yeah it should be mostly divisional yeah no I, you did a very I, I commend you on the job you did with the scheduling because that makes this so much more fun when it ends up like that so good job uh so yeah so i mean that division that, that's this is going to be really close because all you know caniglio is very very close to both you and corals when it comes to point four he's down 80 points which is very manageable in three weeks if he is able to get his roster back to full strength so That'll be an interesting storyline that that unfolds in the uh, two champs division. Obviously, the storyline is a little bit on the reverse to see which team ends up being the Sacco. Although we have a lot of teams, by a lot I mean two other teams that are four and six. So if both those teams, I guess Dane and I play each other one week. I guess there's a world that there there is a world where Dane and I both end up with four wins, and if those two teams lose out, you know they are not they're not out of the they're not out of the woods yet. So. Dane, that our ne- my matchup next week is probably the most important matchup of the year to pretty much solidify who will be the Sacco. So we'll have to go from there. Very and much look forward to watching that matchup. Yeah, no, it, it'll be it'll be. Uh, Dane has a, a huge uphill climb though, just because he doesn't even have a thousand. Like he's pretty much at a thousand points, but he's like the only one that's not even there yet. So he really has to get lucky with other people losing and also win his match. So, right. Right. But I mean, but if he has a better record than me at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter. Right. Then in the empty trophy case division, we have Dan, we have Wyatt who pretty much seems like the winner of that division, just because from a, a points for standpoint, he's got a 50 point lead over Brian and an 80 point lead over Scott, so like we said with Canelio, it's not unmanageable, but it seems like he has that division locked up because even if he loses out and one of them wins out, they'd have the same record. 
And then in the Lee's division, this is where things are getting spicy. I mean, <laughs> they, they have a combined 19 wins, which is almost double that of the two champs plus Dane division. So they are battling it out for that wild card spot and even just winning the division itself. It makes no sense too, because like Noah's team is actually really good. And the other two teams really should have like three or four wins. So it's a strange. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, both Lee and Nate have the second and third least points against versus if you look at Kenny like, Leo and I legitimately have over 300 more points against than both Lee and Nate. Yeah. I mean, that's, tough, that, I mean, dividing that by 10, we're average, our opponents average 30 more points. Like, we're basically playing against an additional two players every week compared. <laughs> oh, no, I think we lost Caniglio. He, he's, he's paused on my screen in a really funny face. He's like kind of happy, kind of contemplating what's going on. So hopefully he reconnects soon. But uh, who do you think, come, who do you, who make your prediction, Siler? Who, who are the? I mean, I think the division. You know, obviously you have my. Uh, you have Russell and and Wyatt as their two division leaders. Let's say that's a wrap. But who do you say are the other four teams that make the playoffs? Uh, I definitely Noah. I think he's as close to a lock as you can be, just because he has the points for, um, and he, I think he's in good shape. I think Quarles and I should make the playoffs and we deserve to because we have hundreds of more points than Lee and Nate but I just have a bad feeling that one of us isn't going to make the playoffs so I'm going to say that I make the playoffs and that Nate gets the last spot because Nate plays Corals next week I think so it's basically it's 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 three teams at the end, you know, let's exclude let's exclude the four and six teams for now. Like, let's just say it's just teams that are six and four, which is not true because anything. Oh, you're right. You're right. One of the four teams that is one of me, Corals, Lee, and Nate is not going to make the playoffs, and everyone else is going to make the playoffs. Right. Exactly. Got it. So I'm going to say Lee is the odd man out. Okay. As it is right now. I mean, you never know, you know, all of a sudden Lee and Nate both lose out all their games. Well, I guess you said Lee and Nate both play each other, right? So one of them will get one more. Yeah, I'm going to double check that. But yeah, I believe so. That'll be interesting because one, and it also just depends on if one of these four win teams can win out as well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the matchups are this week off the top of my head. But if one of, if all the six and four teams win one more game, it's pretty much over. Yeah, Lee plays Nate next week. So that's going to be a humongous divisional matchup that we will look forward to. Yes. And uh, sorry for the technical issues. I believe that Steven is, I don't have my phone next to me, but I don't know if he's like texting us to try to get back in or, or whatnot, what's going Just on with technical this. difficulties. So that's what he said. Yeah. That's the most Steven thing to happen to have like his, his internet go out and him like not know how to fix it. He doesn't have his stats. His internet goes out. He might be, I mean, I don't, we have, maybe we do a power rankings for guests at the end of the year and we see where we rank all them. We know who's in dead last right now, so. <laughs> and his, and his, and his, his initials are SSMC. <laughs> and it looks like he's rejoining. Stephen Coniglio, welcome right. to the show. Sorry, I don't know. My computer is freaking out for an unknown reason. Too many stats being calculated? 
Yeah, yeah, the, the, the model's running in the background. It's too tough to, to, to call. Wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> so, moving on. So, Stephen, we were just saying, we were, we, were, we were projecting who we think the final playoff teams are going to be, and basically, Siler has said that he thinks it's, it's going to be three of the four, six, and four teams that end up making the playoffs um, for the remaining spots outside of the current division winners. Three of the four, I see. So he thinks uh, it's going to be himself, Quarles, and Nate making it to the winning, winning his division or your division, and then the two wild card spots. I mean, you don't think Russell will get one? I mean, he's. I mean, he has. No, to he, no he's in. Sorry, sorry. So we were assuming. So Russell's locked in, and Wyatt locked in. Not yeah. that Wyatt. I, I, I know stats with Steven is going to say statistically. I would assume you would tell me that there's a very low probability of Wyatt not making the playoffs at this point. Uh, yep, you, you pretty much nailed it. <laughs> Was my impression on point too? Like the voice? Oh, uh, yeah, down down to the voice and the cockiness for sure. Right, perfect. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. All right, so let's move on. We had one trade this week. Uh, one trade I know of. I don't. Was there another? Any other trades? I only know one. So we had Stephen and Scott. We had a. It was Chris Godwin for and fill in the blank. I want to say back. Damian Harris. Um, Stephen, walk us through that trade. What were the needs you were trying to fill? Sure. So for a couple of weeks now, I've been trying to work trades with some of the team member uh, team members without any luck. Um, this was a uh, trade of circumstance. I had four startable running backs, and he had four to five startable wide receivers. And uh, I needed a wide receiver too. He needed a an RB two, and uh, it just it just worked out pretty well. Uh, I think both players come with good risk, and I do think that this is a, a true win win trade from from my perspective. I'm curious to see what you guys think. Yeah, you know, I haven't I haven't been paying so much attention to the Bucks offense. So I'm not entirely sure how well the ball is being distributed amongst all the wide receivers. I know Godwin has been hurt for a while. So maybe that's why I haven't heard his name in, in quite a few games, but Damian Harris, I feel you definitely sold him high that you sold him at a really great time where his value was probably the highest it was going to be all season. And Chris Godwin is a, is a risk, but you know, it was, it was a, what a Scott's third round draft pick, second round draft pick for a guy you picked up, dropped and then picked up again on free agency. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, I, I personally think it was good for both parties because you are both filling needs and I guess both of them have their question marks too. Cause like any Patriots running back, you have to be worried about because they have like three or four guys that they just use interchangeably um but godwin's been dinged up the entire year also so there's risks with both but you both fill your needs so i think it was a good deal for both of you yeah okay and um what steven what, what happened now oh it's today i echo your sentiments oh. and then uh any noticeable pickups by anyone this week uh, I, I noticed Scott, this is like a classic move that people do towards the end of the year when you don't spend any of your fab dollars. Uh, hold on. I have to find, I know he picked up Salvan Ahmed when we talked about him last week with Russell. Let me look. I think it was, 
I think it was $58 of his budget or something like that. He spent like a majority of his budget on Salvan Ahmed, who might have value for like one or two weeks. Um, and I guess for Scott's perspective, what the hell does he have to lose? So, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, any tight ends picked up this week as well? <laughs> I well, picked we, Greg Olson. A tight end was picked up this week. A what? What'd you say, Steven? I said half a tight end was picked up this week. Yeah, interesting. So let's I mean let's let's talk about this. So Noah puts in a bid for <laughs> let's even take a step back. Way back, 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 back. You know, I get a notification this morning that says Drew Brees is officially out and that they will not be starting Jameis Winston at quarterback, but instead be starting Taysom Hill as their quarterback, almost to see a test of what the future will be like. I go on just as I kind of, I'm assuming someone already owns Taysom Hill because I was, I think I was, you know, reading the newspaper or something when I got the news, I was finishing an article. And so I looked to see who has Taysom Hill it's Noah, and I noticed that Taysom Hill is being played in his tight end spot, even though he is a player who will be starting at quarterback. Um, Taysom Hill, for those of you who are unaware, is a player who is known to play multiple positions when there is an existing starting quarterback on the field. So he'll go in for a snap at to a quarterback, which you know allowed ESPN to provide this quarterback designation, even though he was never truly a quarterback. He just kind of had that potential to uh, throw a touchdown or two, and because that was the way he was going to earn points. They gave him that designation. Um, but ESPN, you know, to our peace of mind, made it very clear at the beginning of the year that if Taysom Hill was to ever be designated as the starting quarterback for the Saints, they would remove his tight end designation, no questions asked. Um, so I went to go look, and Taysom Hill, although named the starter, still has his tight end designation and quarterback designation, which is interesting because – to my understanding, I mean, Sally, you, I'll just ask you a point blank question. What position is Taysom Hill playing this week for the New Orleans Saints? Unknown. It is not known at this time. Sean Payton is playing his cards close to the vest and he has not announced the position for Taysom Hill. Interesting because all the reports I've read have said Adam that Schefter said one thing and the coach of the New Orleans Saints said something totally different. Okay, so but let's okay, so but let's hypothetically, I guess, just for this argument, say that Taysom Hill is going to be starting at quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Would you think that a player who is, you know, visibly playing another position should be able to start at a position they will not be touching for an entire game? Okay, so how many snaps constitutes what his eligibility should be? Like, if fifty percent are QB and fifty percent are tight end, what would you make him? He could be flex. I mean, that, 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 that is like literally the definition of a flex is that you're playing half of your snaps in one position and half in the other. Right. So what would ESPN, what do you think that they should make his designation or designation if his, if it's half and half snaps? It should, I mean, if, if the team comes out and says that Jameis Winston will be our starting quarterback and Taysom Hill might come in for quarterback, then yes, he has to have that ability to flex in between the two. If a team is outright like outwardly saying that a player will be their starting quarterback and the player then actually ends up starting at quarterback, we as a league cannot allow that to happen. What about Joe Webb as the other example? Right. And that's, I think that's a really admirable point to bring up, but we shouldn't live in the past. 
like, yes, things happened in the past and no one caught that and no one caught that mistake. And I feel terrible for whoever had to play that matchup against Nate, who was, you know, the terrible and like just doing God awful things, knowing that he was playing a quarterback in the tight end position. But we're living in the now and we have the opportunity to get ahead of a situation before it becomes a problem, where in another five years we look back and we say, well, we let Noah play Taysen Hill at running that tight end. We have to let so-and-so. I don't want my children's children to have to deal <laughs> with the mistakes that we could not catch now. Kidding, Leo, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, uh, if I had a choice, I would like to abstain. I don't feel passionate either way. I see the merits of both sides. I, if I had to choose, I would lean Gilblatt's way, but I don't think I'm passionate or informed enough to really have right. enough say on this. And I think that's fine because it's one of those situations where it's not your problem right now. So of course you're not going to be so passionate about it. Like other people in our league, it's not their problem right now. So why, why care? Why not just let what's happening to someone else happen and just let it go by without saying anything? So on, on that, not our league. that's not our league, Siler. I have, I've heard the voices from nine other league mates saying that they would also like Taysen Hill to not count as a tight end this week. Okay, so, so on that point, if this wasn't happening to you this week, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. That's hold on. So that's the first but, thing. But, but second, second, if you picked up Taysom Hill to start him at tight end, you would be like, I made a wonderful decision. This was the best decision I've ever it, it, like tremendous, tremendous. But, why, but but you're but you're again, you're getting too you're making it too emotional and you're adding too much of your feelings to it. Take like five steps back. If I was oh, it. You're adding your feelings. No. You are going against Noah this week. No, no, but take, <laughs> Siler, take a few steps back. I know it's funny. This is someone's livelihood, so just be serious for a second. Okay. Take a few steps back. If your dad came to you and said, hey, Andrew, a guy in my league is playing, t- even though if a guy in my league somehow got into a loophole and is allowed to now play Taysom Hill at the tight end position, even though he's going to be starting at quarterback, what do you think about that? Well, I already shared my thoughts on it. No, but you keep your thought. You're not. You're not. You haven't shared your thoughts on it. You, like I'm saying, as a human being, not as a, not as a. <laughs> are you saying? Are you saying? No, but you wouldn't No, you wouldn't go to your dad and say, well, you know, in our league, Joe Webb four years ago played as a tight end quarterback. So in that case that we have to do that, you would be thinking in like that, that, that situation. You'd be like, okay, well, maybe that's never happened in his league before. This is like a brand new situation. It's only going to be there most likely for one week. Right. So why are we allowing it for one week when even ESPN is admitting that it should not happen if he's going to be a starting quarterback? So just so everyone is aware that's listening on the podcast right now, I had Brian Elberg, uh, not a member of the fantasy football league that we are a part of, text me and say, this is unfair. So Call your dad right now. No, no, no. So Call your dad. Before I do that, I want to let you know that I've already told Noah that he can't play Taysom Hill as tight end, and I just wanted to hear you get riled up on the podcast. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So I don't, I don't need to call Mitchell Seiler. Um, 
and Noah is not happy about it. I'll keep that conversation private, but um, I texted a lot of the league members and most of them, I don't know if it was, I didn't get all nine responses yet, but pretty much everyone's response is that it's not fair. And even Dane, who yeah, I thought, who I thought would go the opposite way because it directly impacts him voted that he thought it was unfair. Yeah. And so because of that, I told Noah that if he doesn't play Goddard, I, or I, I can't let him play Taysom Hill. So Thank if you. he does, I'll figure it out whether I put in Goddard or I just bench him, but he can't play Taysom Hill. I can, I, can I ask a question to kind of help figure out how to direct this in the future? Because if, if this is going to be the uh, not decided on a case-by-case basis, there should be a general set of rules around it. And I mean, how this do you is begin like, to form that rule? I mean, yeah. I mean, my brother's argument to me was like, you have to propose a rule next year. And my, my response to him was, what the fuck is the rule that would prevent this from happening? Yeah, like, no one's going to be like, if Drew Brees gets hurt. And right. <laughs> right. This, like, this doesn't happen. Exactly. Oh, this only team that I could think of even in recent memory and my whole life that's ever had a player that plays quarterback running back wide receiver consistently in an offense and this just doesn't happen so it, it's but hard what, to what really... about cases where you have the wide the wide receiver running back sort of flex I mean like there's some running backs who catch more balls than you know right. run them you know what I mean? like, our league with quarterbacks who who get more points than both of those positions it's not as big of a deal. Plus we have a flex where you can be a running back or a wide receiver anyway. So I see why this is a one-off case. Um, I don't want to really make it a norm that we make rule changes throughout, you know, in the middle of a week, even. But, but this, is not, this is again, this is again, it's not a rule change. The rule is if a player has dual designation, they could play multiple roles. That's fine. Taysom Hill up until this point should be, we should allow people to have dual designations. What we're arguing against is ESPN's improper ruling of keeping the designation this week. It's not a rule. People keep on, like my brother kept on saying like, oh, it's a rule. It's a rule. It's not a rule. Other websites do not have this. They have not made this decision. Like they decided that their ruling of the situation is that Taysom Hill will only be a quarterback this week. So I, I, I wouldn't feel guilt on you, Siler, for changing a rule because you're just, we're looking at a situation, we're taking an ESPN suggested way to approach it, and we're being intelligent humans and saying, you know what, that doesn't really make sense. We're going to go the, the, the realistic way. Even on FanDuel, when I heard, when I saw the Roto World report saying, oh, Taysom Hill's probably going to start, I went to my lineup, looked QB, search i typed in hill and nothing came up so i was like that's weird did i have to add him to the quarterback position and then and i realized that they put him as a tight end so i took out every single tight end and every lineup i had and put in Taysom hill because it's not it's like thank you thank you um i will say the the best reaction i got from talking to you today was russell who said that he would leave the league if it was not changed <laughs> I love the passion of all of our members. Keep it up, guys. So I'm glad that justice prevailed and that history was corrected. And even if I lose, I hope you know what I hope I lose. I hope that Dallas Goddard has the greatest game a tight end has ever had. I can go to sleep happy knowing that as a league, we made the correct decision.
I don't think Noah's going to feel that way, but okay. Right. Well, first off, now let's just take even further steps back. Did you like the video? Because I, as a, I did. I, I, I I should have commented that was really funny. I was like, do I was in the middle of a work day, and I and Tali was right across from me, and she just heard your voice start. She was like, "What the hell is that?" Don't worry about it. Brian Elberg had a great point that I should have been wearing a suit while I was giving the press conference, but I had. No, you also should have had Bianca come in beforehand and say Andrew Galbraith will be giving a press conference. <laughs> and then oh, it took me like 12 takes to do, so I don't think she was going to sit around for like 45 <laughs> minutes and do that 100 times. Okay. But yeah, no, it was, I was, uh, I was very passionate about, uh, I, I have a whole, I, I, I mean, I, I wrote it down. I don't know if you could tell I was reading off of a page, but I was, I was. I, I could tell you time. basically, this is you winning your Super Bowl this year and you haven't even played your fantasy matchup this week. So <laughs> good job. You won your Super Bowl. Thank you. This is the most, I mean, it's the biggest political win of my career. So uh, I may have to audit the votes though. So just, you know, be no, on standby. I am. Um, yeah, go I, I do want to give a shout out to Wyatt Williams, who really championed this and was my my rock throughout this whole process and really wanted to see, um, you know, like I said before, justice prevail and, you know, rights and wrongs be right. Let so, freedom ring. So I just want to give a thank you to Wyatt for really facilitating a lot of the conversations and making people, you know, we have different approaches and I'm a little aggressive when I speak with people and Wyatt was really that calming voice and reason during those conversations so thank you Wyatt again for helping us move forward as a league for the best given all that <laughs> we've got Mr. Coniglio's power rankings to go through and this will be a treat because Stephen has a quite an interesting take on how to do power rankings Stephen so I don't think it's that controversial I know, I know, I know you're a big listener of the show. So just to let everyone know, we start from the bottom to the top. We'll let Steven go through his power rankings and then we will chime in as we agree or disagree. So Steven, the floor is yours. Take it away. We're, we're at your beck and call. Okay. So first of all, just to kind of get ahead of what would be future arguments, I'm going to say that I am not making these power ranks on how much or how little I want to play another team. I think that this is a power ranking of who is most likely to win the league. We're not playing for second place, not playing for third place, not playing for last, not second to last place. We're playing for first. And so if, if a team is further away from even making the playoffs, then no matter how good their is, they must be lower, I would think. That being said, I'm sure this is going to differ from opinions that have prevailed in the podcast so far. Yeah, and I, I think even Seller and I have difference of opinions on the podcast. I feel like we flip-flop back and forth sometimes. Sometimes we look at just like rankings and standings. Other times, and where I've been trying more to lean towards is, okay, if I had one game to win the league, who would I want to play against in what order, starting from the bottom to the top? And that, to me, is more like a strength of team as opposed to a like like kind of like the way you're approaching it Stephen but I think it's fair and I just don't think in my opinion my power rankings would have been fair to compare to yours so I'd rather just chime in and figure out how you got to some of your decision and figures okay that is fair so I'll start uh I did also make kind of tiers 
with this as well um, to go with it. So going in our, uh, there, there's two teams in our, our last year. Um, the, the team ranked 12 is Dane. Um, I think that uh, this one that have, you, you guys have kind of agreed upon, he does have the lowest points for. Um, I think when I think about Dane's team, he's been a person who has had a lot of uh, years where it's been very low scoring or in the one acceptance, he had very high scoring years. And I think that's just how he drafts his teams. I mean, I view his picks are very much penny stocks. You know what I mean? They are hype players, you know, the players out could, if they, if they boom, well, I'll take them all the way. But if they don't, they're just going to be really, really bad. And, and I just look at a lot of his team this year. Seems like a lot of penny stocks that didn't pan out that we were all excited about, but just didn't wind up happening. No, I think it's funny. I don't think that penny stock analogy is, I think, perfect for Dane's team because that's, I've been saying it in other words all season, but he really does try to find those diamond in the roughs. But like, I wouldn't even call them diamonds in the rough. He tries to find those like, what's, what's something less valuable than diamonds you find in roughs? I don't know. He, he tries to find like that ore in yeah. the rough or nickel in the roughs. Like he's not even finding like the top tier guys. It's just the middle of the pack players. I think Dane needs to go back to his strategy of picking all thugs because it's just not working when he's not picking all thugs. Yeah, sorry. If you can hear that, that is my wife's cat who of course lives with me. Uh, she uh, complains a lot. Not my wife, the cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, um, can you just skip over 11 and go to 10? No, 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 no. Because I have to round out the tier. Uh, Gilblad is in the tier as well. And if those who are unaware of what this would be called, this would be the out tier. These are the teams that are statistically eliminated from the playoffs. And so by default, have to be towards the bottom of the rankings. Um, Gilblad, I, 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 you've been, had some of the worst luck this year. Um, I, you know, I think you did have a good team. You did everything right. And there's not much that you could do that you could have done better. If I were to give a name team, it'd be I'm sorry, you don't deserve this. Yep. You know what? I would I was I would have been more bad about this conversation 20 minutes ago, but I'm on the top of the world right now. So I you know it, <laughs> I say this every week. It's unfortunate. My top three players have played a combined like 10 games out of 30 they could have played throughout the entire season. So it is what it is. Mike Davis looked really great in the beginning and has really done nothing for me the last four weeks. And Aaron Jones as well has had some really tough matchups. So, and he also was hurt, you know, it, Kenny Galladay was hurt. And uh, I, 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 there were definitely waiver wire moves I could have made to, you know, I could have, I could have been quicker on Justin Jefferson. I could have gotten James Robinson. Like, you know, they were big time players who I missed out on. It is what it is, but justice prevailed today. And that's all I care about. <laughs> I don't feel bad at all. I'm ha I, I enjoy watching you guys get a lot of points against after last year. So um Ugh. feels good. Yeah. All right. So now, now, now what are the teams that are better than mine? Let's hear them. Can't wait for me. Sure, sure, sure. The teams are not better than yours. They are more likely to win the league. Um, so the the next tier is called the desperate, and it's it's the next team that I have at 10 is uh, Brian's team. I think that his team is, um, I, think Kat. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that Brian's team um, has two really scary people that could win a week. And that's Julio Jones and Tyreek Hill. And that's it. 
think he's got, you know, he, he, he has the potential to win, but I just don't find his team scary in, in many ways. Uh, so I have him at 10. Okay. I feel like, I, I don't know, where do you have Brian in your power rankings, Tyler? I usually, I feel like in recent weeks, I've had him a little higher, but you're right. I mean, if you're evaluating teams on their ability to make it to the playoffs, I think he has one of the highest uphill battles to do so. Yeah, I have had him pretty low for the most part, but recently I've been moving him up slowly. So now he's, he's actually at five in mine. Um, but I agree. Like, his team doesn't really scare me aside from his wide receivers, but his running backs, even though they're not good, they put up a lot of fantasy points. So um, so that's why his team – early is like the top ten running back, right? Or... Yeah, he, he gets like no yards, but he gets like all the touchdowns. So he's good at fantasy, so – um, but I agree, Kenny. I think Brian has a big uphill battle, especially especially after last week. Yeah, all all of these teams that are in the desperate category need to win out; they'll be eliminated. So, you know, it, it's sort of we we do control some of our fate, but you know, they're in the hunt. Desperate we are, exactly. and of course, I say we because I'm in this. Yeah, we are in the hunt. Yes, I do say desperate because I'm uh, we because I am in that tier. But I do have Scott at, at nine. He's the next one. I, you know, Scott's team. I understand why Siler picked him to win the league, and I understand why he's his team is very well rounded, and he does a lot of things great. Just for whatever reason, it hasn't sort of come together, and I think it's been a mystery to all of us a bit. I, I hope that we did kind of help both of us. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think if we looked at this team now and didn't even look at his record, I think we'd be surprised that he's, he is, has this record. Yeah. I, you know what? I mean, I think his biggest crux all season has been that Jonathan Taylor, not really having a second running back. You know, he was, he was, he, he lost the, uh, what's, I didn't even what was the, the original starting running back? Marlon Mack gets hurt. He's going to be the starter. Doesn't really do so. It does well one game, doesn't do hot other games. His receivers have been a little inconsistent. They've all been solid, but a little they've been all his receivers, he has very good receivers. They just have good games on different days. Yes, I totally agree with you. Scott is like the all-name team where you like think they're gonna do well because of their names, but then they're just super inconsistent. So he's just yeah. having an unlucky year. Yeah. So I, I agree with you, Steven. I, I, he's he, at nine for me too. So yeah. He could have been higher, but you know, he didn't have the worst luck in the league like some of us, but he did not have the best luck given his team. Yep, agreed. Now, the, the next team I have in this category of desperate is, is myself. Um, and this is one of those things where I know that I, 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 I if I didn't, if I didn't do this based on record, I would put my team way higher, especially now that Chuck came back. I, I'm hoping not being too biased, although I'm probably going to sound this way, but I actually think that I think that my team is probably one of the scarier ones to play moving forward because I generally don't think I have any weaknesses. I have, you know, two three ones or twos and two definitional wide receiver ones and quarterback. And I don't know, man, I think that my team is going to be hot at the right time, barring any more jarring injuries. And I mean, I don't know. I, I feel good about where my team is. Just I just wish my record showed a little better. Yeah, I definitely don't disagree with that. I'm I'm happy, and I feel bad to say that, but I'm happy that you had all those injuries because it allowed my team to 
have a small advantage over yours that you pretty much would need to win all three games, which one of them is against me, but, and I would have to lose all three for you to win the division. Same with corals though. So you pretty much have to get a wild card spot. Um, so it, it is a steep hill upward, but you do have a great team right now. Yeah, no, you, you do. It, it's interesting because I can, sorry, go ahead. No, you do have a good team. I think being able to backfill Dak with Justin Herbert was the, like a, a league, I wouldn't say a league winning, but like it saved you from going down a huge rabbit hole of possibly being where Dane and I are right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have I have two two ways into the playoffs. One is to to take a spot from someone in my division, which is unlikely considering how strong both you and Corals are. Or I have to take a wild card spot from some of the other divisions, which is difficult because they also need to have to lose and stuff. So I don't know. Uh, I like my team. I just wish I had a, one more win and I'm about up to this week. That's right. So what do you have after yourself? I, I, that's very humbling of you, by the way, of putting yourself so low. I think that's, that's a theme we, we see on the podcast is the guests being too scared to put themselves high. And I'm just being consistent with how I'm, I'm viewing this. I, I would literally need to win out and other things to happen in order to get even into the play and win the league. So if I'm being fair, I have to put myself low in this bias basis. Um, so the next year I have is what I'm called the danger zone. And uh, this, the, the, this year, one of them is late. Um, well, it's late. Oh, no. Keep going. No, go. I know what you're thinking. thinking. Um, yeah, is the I should have had that prepared. Oh, <laughs> um, the the um, so his team has kind of floated, and he's been doing a better job of manager this year than any of the year. I think we all commend Lee. I, I believe he's become a listener of your your guys' show as well. I just feel like he's just lacking some splash. You know what I mean? He doesn't have any like really. Boom, he's heavily invested in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know. Even if they all, even if the Steelers offense do well, do cannibalize each other. I don't know. He's very middle of the road. I think there was an analogy last year or a couple years ago where if you had Andy Dalton, if you had a quarterback who was better than Andy Dalton on your, your franchise, you had a franchise quarterback. Or if you had a quarterback that was worse than Andy Dalton, you didn't have a franchise quarterback. It's late. He's he's just barely on the road right now. Did you tell me that the, the other the, day? The prime like the second time. This is like the second time in two weeks I've heard that saying. <laughs> I'm I'm still amazed that Lee had he doesn't know how to use the IR slot because Drew Brees is now on IR and is on Lee's bench, and he still has an extra open bench spot that he hasn't filled. So. And yet he has, a, he has four more wins than I do, Siler. So and he's doing and something he, right. And he's in the hunt. So, yes. I mean, maybe we should all be more likely. And he's playing chess and we're playing checkers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the other team I had in the, in the, in the danger sort of sorts is Nate's team. Um, I know, Gilbert, you call your team scrappy. I don't think anyone could argue that Nate has the scrappiest team right now, though, from – you, we, you and both, you and him both have had equal injury concerns, and he had just been a, a fortune of circumstance in his points against kind of thing. But he just has found ways to just barely scratching by, and uh, 
right now. He's he has a playoff spot currently, but I also think that it's an, an undeserving playoff spot of sorts because he does have such a low points for thing. So he's doing everything he can, but I just I have a hard time thinking he's going to make it all the way. Even though he's ranked six on my my thing, I think he's just a better shot than Lee. Yeah, I mean, if his points against stays like it is, he'll make it. But he hasn't, you know, I, I don't know this for a fact, but if I, I would imagine if I look at his team right now and look what his points for have been for the last few weeks. You he know, gets 110 points a week. Right, which is, you know, his last – the last five weeks he had 99, 103, then he had 135, and then it was 114, 114, 105. So – he hasn't even really been hitting. He's hit that 130 mark one time to like guarantee a win. So he's going to need some luck on his side. To... And he's got Quarles and Lee in the next two weeks. So those are going to be huge matchups for the playoffs. So yeah. we'll see. Oh, yeah. Those are really big. Mm-hmm. And Noah, I mean, he plays, he's only one game back on Noah. I mean, obviously, he can't take tiebreaker. Right. Like he'll lose the tiebreaker. But if he beats Noah, that'd be crazy. So the, the next the next team I have is in a tier all its own. It's called the Pretender. And, and that's and that's Russell here. Russell has clinched the playoff spot. He is going into the playoffs. Um, but his points for are so low. And his team, I look at and I just I just don't see it. I I, I, I know he's got Lamar Jackson and it could be everything he hoped for. You know, Kelsey has been good as a tight end one and with that, and he finds ways to win weekly, but I just think that he's the one that doesn't belong in this group uh, based on every team above him and even around him. And it just, it's, it's one, it's a weird year. And I think Russell's doing a, a good job with, you know, what he, you know, winning when he needs to. I just don't think he belongs in the playoff spot, but he, he's got it, and congrats to him. That's a fantastic name for a tier, by the way. The Pretender, that was so dramatic, and I was so excited to see who you were going to say there. <laughs> also, Caniglio, it's the perfect week to call his team the Pretender because he had the lowest point total of the entire week and clinched in that week. So <laughs> it's just very fitting that he's in that tier all alone. <laughs> Yeah, I love, yeah, yeah. I love but I agree. I mean, I, I've been shouting all year that if Russell and I had the opposite schedules, like I would be the pretender right now in your in your power rankings. So it, he's definitely he definitely has had a ton of luck. He does have some skill, but you know, obviously with Lamar Jackson could do well, Travis Kelsey could do well, and he has one of the better wide receiver cores. But uh, you're right. I mean, he's he's a He's a phony, a great big phony. <laughs> yeah. The, the next year I have uh, is two teams. It's called Almost. Um, it's got uh, Wyatt in at four. And I think that Wyatt, I mean, other team one through four, really good. And I, I, I stared at them for a while, but I do think there's two clearly above and there's two that are clearly right behind, almost in that top tier. And I think Wyatt is good is here just because he's very top heavy. He has some team players that will perform at a high level consistently. But after that, I just don't feel like he has the depth in his starting roster to carry himself all the way. He'll make the play. He'll go deep in the playoffs, 
but I don't think I think that of the these this group in the top four, he is the least likely to win the league with his current roster. Yeah, I think. Well, first off, you went from a fantastic tier name to like I, that one was kind of meh, if I'm being honest. But I agree. With early, <laughs> I agree with you that I think if you were to take every team in our league and take their top three players and rank who has like the best top three players on their team. Why it would be number one between Russell Wilson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Dalvin Cook. And then after that, it's, you know, if it's top four players, top five players, I think that's when he starts losing some points in that ranking. Yeah, I don't have too much more to add. I, I mean, we've been saying it all year long that Wyatt is very top heavy with those three people, and then it, it really goes downhill from there. So, I also agree with Galblatt that you this tier name could have used a little bit of work. But if you put me in the almost tier, Canigleo, I swear to God. Is that well, maybe you mentioned that? Because <laughs> the next team is, is, is actually Noah. No, 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 Sila. No, it's Noah. Um, I and I think I that we've seen almost no, got Noah. away with such a terrible crime in our league, so <laughs> <laughs> listen i'm a math guy i'm not that creative when it comes to pretty much anything so i got you know doing the best of um but no have it as three i we've talked about noah's depth throughout the league the year and i think that he does have great depth and he does have tough decisions but that's just because they're all mid-tier they're all mid-tier players and i think noah has a making offers. He offers to me and to other people, but I think is what he needs to do. He needs to combine two players to trade up to another one. Um, he's made, he's trying to do the right thing. It didn't work out in my case, but I think that while his floor is high and yeah, he's going to boom here and there. I just, I just don't think he's as good as the other two teams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Noah was trying to get Aaron Jones and CMC from me, but the week before he got hurt. So I think he's trying to make those moves. And I think he realizes that those are big staples that he needs to, you know, clinch possibly his, has he won twice? No, just once. Noah's won once, yeah, but he's so, made the finals at least a couple yeah, times. So his, his second title. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think agree. if I was, oh, I would try to go to, Oh, sorry. Go on. No, I wasn't going to add too much. I was going to say, like, I agree with you in the fact that most of his depth, they like timeshare with other people and they're not like above and beyond. So, I mean, he has a great team, but it's just not the best two teams in the league. I agree with you. Yeah. I feel like if Noah made a trade with Wyatt, I feel like there'd be a lot of synergy there and they would both perhaps come out with a win. Um, but, uh, I mean, that, 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 that's up to them. The, uh, the 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 top tier I have it's not very creative. I just said true front runners. Um, at number two, I actually have Siler. I, I I flipped I flipped Siler and Corals back and forth numerous times when I was writing this, and you know people, everyone kind of says that as they're making power rankings, and you know it really is true. If they the thing the reason why I have Siler second here is because he's so highly correlated with the Packers. You know what I mean? With the, the If Aaron Rodgers has a bad day, you know, Devonta Adams is not going to be able to carry it. And I think there's a problem we've talked, you guys talked about frequently and, and you aren't aware of. 
I just think that like when on you're unstoppable and you would be the number one team, but would you be able to put that together three weeks in a row, four weeks in a row? I don't think so. And so that's why I have you at two instead of one. That's fair. I think originally I was really Packer focused and I had Rogers and I had Devonte Adams and I had Robert Tanyan, but now it's just Rogers and Adams. So I, I mean, that's his go-to guy. So he's going to get like seven to 10 catches a game. Plus this week, I'm not even starting Aaron Rodgers. I'm starting Matty Ice over Aaron Rodgers. Um, but I definitely see, you know, the concerns. But I mean, I agree. I think Corals and I have the best two teams and it's tough to either put, you know, to, to put one over the other. So it's all good. Yeah, I think you're, 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 that was literally the uh, hairline thing between you guys. You both were super, super close. I think as the leagues have come on, I've come to appreciate Siler's team a little bit more and a little bit more. And if I had to do power rankings this week, he would definitely be in my top four from being number five for a while. So. I'll take uh, an improvement of at least one. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll take any small win that I can get. <laughs> He is our top. He is our top scorer. You know, yeah, credit credit where it's due. We've seen him score a lot of points last year too, and we see how that year went out. So don't don't just put points yeah. for everything. Fair, 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 fair. fair. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think the one thing I would say, Coral's one. I do think that he does have the best team, and I think we underestimate how important having Miles Sanders was back in his roster. You know, having a true RB two to really stabilize his floor. I feel like his team is going to be dangerous. It has been dangerous. And uh, I feel like is barring a jarring injury. I think that he is the best, best position to win four games in a row or five games in a row, whatever he needs to kind of get to the end. Yeah. I mean, I had Corals as my number two team for the last like five weeks. I've been, I know Salah, you've kind of bounced around putting him at like sixth and two and sixth and four. And then you're like kind of depending on if he wins or loses, but I, I've been a Corals believer, uh, I don't want to say since week one, because I think I had them at 11 week one, but for a while now, I've been a big fan of, the, of, the, of the, the, the team Corals put together. And like I always like to mention, since Andrew Wells has joined the organization, they've only had success. And so for us to even doubt for a second, they won't make the playoffs for a third consecutive year is a little unfathomable to me. I think they have a great team. As you said, Miles Sanders helps them out a lot. The only reason that I think that my team is better than theirs is because of the QB position, which is the most important position because they have Stafford who's banged up. They have Foles who look like he was dead in Monday night football. <laughs> Eric Goff who has really not been great in their run centric offense so far. So I think that if I have any concerns about their team, it's Jared Goff and their QB position. Yeah, could could not agree more. The, the the failure to fill that QB spot is going will will break their team unless they they find a fix to it. It's also crazy to think that their team could have been even better because they traded Darren Waller for John Brown. Like that's true. Before. Ooh, thank you guys. We appreciate that. <laughs> John Brown is currently on my team without doing a trade, so you can wonder what happened with him. <laughs> All right, Stephen, that was actually a lot of fun. Thank you for doing it that way. Um, I was not as controversial as I thought it was going to be. I think you made some good points, and a lot of your rankings still align with where we would have put them at, actually. So 
thank you for doing that. I know you had a very busy week and you came up with about 70% of your names were fairly creative. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so the last thing we like to do, make some predictions. We've got six games, six very important games. Already had the Thursday night games. So let's try to, you know, it's, it's impossible to not, you know, skew our our vision and, and, and not use that to help our predictions. But I know Salah and I are very close in our score, so I wouldn't blame him for wanting to use every advantage he can. Let's start from the bottom of my list. We have Scott against Russell. Scott right now is projected to win 116 to 91, although it would seem as though, and let me just open up the matchup to confirm that Russell does not have a full lineup set, as it says he only has six players to go. Uh, no, Alex Collins had zero points. That's why. Wow. So projected to lose 95 to 116. Got to go with Scott with this one. Kittigley, you can go second during these matchups. So who do you think is going to oh, win? Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I'm also going to go with Scott. Um, I do think Scott figuring out his RBT spot and his trade with me has, has only helped him. And I think all Scott needs in this matchup is a high floor. Um, and I think he's going to get it this week. Hmm. Yeah, I got to go Scott, too. And I'm shocked that Russell played Alex, Alex Collins because he wasn't even an active running back during the game. So there was like a 100% chance that he would get zero points. Um, but yeah, especially for Russell, who's like super active. And I, I maybe they made the designation like last minute, but uh, I'm going to go with Scott. Next up, we've got Corals against Nate in one of the few games that had no one play yet. Corals projected to squeak out the win 120.4 to 119.6. This is going to be a close one and probably the game with one of the highest playoff implications as both teams are vying for not only wild cards but possible division wins. I got to go with my boys, Coral, Andrew and Wells. I, I feel as though... They've got a pretty strong lineup this week. I mean, Kamara against Atlanta is going to feast. Miles Garrett isn't supposed to play in Cleveland, so Miles Sanders has a good chance to blow up. And his receivers have been doing very well recently. So I'm going to go with with Corals at this one. I'm I'm also going to go with Corals, assuming Jared Doff doesn't score negative points again for them in their starting <laughs> roster spot. I I this I I think that this game is. Whoever loses this game is going to be in some real competition because they're going to be tied with like four other teams in record buying for perhaps one or two more playoff spots. So I root for losses for both teams, but uh, I, I think that uh, I think that uh, Coral's team has a, a, I'm going to say a higher floor, a higher chance to win this, and Nate's points against is going to go way up. I think this is definitely the matchup of the week. Um, I'm going to go with Nate, though, because I think Mahomes is going to light up Las Vegas. And I also think that Taysom Hill... Like how, like how Drew Locke did last week? Yeah, no, that was not right of me to say, clearly, because he played... Nate asked me if he could drop Drew Locke right after the game because he somehow threw a fourth interception uh, with, like, 30 seconds left. And Nate was just so mad. Um but I think it's a safer bet to pick on Mahomes to have a good day than Drew Locke. Uh, I just don't – Taysom Hill is a horrible quarterback from what I've watched him when he's throwing, and that's when teams aren't sure what he's going to do. 
I think he's going to have a terrible game at quarterback. Um, and that's going to hurt Kamara because they're just going to be blitzing like every play. So I'm going to go with Nate. Next up, we have our, our commissioner himself, Andrew Seiler against Lee. Had a few players go. Carlos Hyde actually had a pretty good game and Greg Olson might not play another game in his career after that injury. So a little, a little best of both worlds. Christian Kirk, on the other hand, only seven points. So you projected to win by 12, 119 to 107. I got to go with the number two ranked team in Mr. Coniglio's power rankings because uh, Lee's team is just, if his, if his Lee is at his best when his like tier three players blow up and Christian Kirk already having seven points gives you like a huge advantage. I'm also going to go with Siler here. And I think the only way that Lee wins this game is if the Jacksonville game where he has all his Pittsburgh players becomes a shootout, which I find unlikely. I don't think Jacksonville is going to put points on them. I think that uh, Steele is going to have an early lead and then coast. And I don't even know how Clyde Edward Lair is playing unless he came back from under practice this week. I don't know. I, I think Siler has a clear advantage here. I've also been forgetting to do the matchup history. Uh, Siler, you're up in this series only four to three, surprisingly. Shocking. That is very shocking. Uh, just to recap, what were the other matchups we had? I know we had uh, Quarles was playing against Nate. Nate, and that series is up seven to three, Nate. And then Russell against Scott. Russell against Scott, and that series is actually tied five five. Wow. So, yeah, a lot of implications for historic record keeping. Next um, up, we have. Oh, wait, you didn't pick yet, Tyler. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to pick myself, but I'm actually really worried about this because if you look at his team and you look at where the defenses are ranked, like, you know, like, oh, uh, for example, you know, Pittsburgh plays Jacksonville. Jacksonville is like the 28th ranked team against running backs or whatever. Pretty much every single person has a favorable matchup, and every. So I'm worried about that. Uh, but even having said that, I just – Alex Smith is his starting quarterback. I, I got to pick myself. Next up, we have Coniglio against Brian, another highly, you know, contested game, both four and six teams. Coniglio projected to win by two, 122 to 120. Historically, Stevens up in this series 10 to, 10 to 1. So history is definitely on Stevens' side. I'll go with history on this one and pick Mr. Coniglio, our guest himself. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, the loser of this game is out of the playoffs. I I'm, am going to pick myself genuinely because I feel like his team is so top heavy. With the Saints losing Breeze, I don't think that that game is going to go to a shootout or anything like that. So I actually don't think Julio Jones is going to blow the team out of the water. Tyreek Hill, I'm more scared of. I feel like if Tyreek Hill scores, you know, more than 20 points, then I'm in some trouble. Uh, It's going to be close. I am extremely nervous. Uh, I am going to pick myself, though. This is the battle of the rookie QBs. Um, I'm going to go with Coniglio. I think the Jets have, like, their top three or four corners out. I don't even know who's starting for them at corner. So Justin Herbert's going to have a field day and I'm going to go with Kniggs. Next up, we have Wyatt against Dane, the Williams Bowl. Haven't had one in a while. Uh, Historically, 
Wyatt and Dane, they're on the bottom. Uh, where can I find Dane? Dane, 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 Dane. Uh, Wyatt's up in this series five to three, which is a trend I hope continues as I really need him to win this. Although he did have pretty poor performances by both uh, DeAndre Hopkins and, uh, and Dallas, only seven and four points respectively. I got to go with, with Wyatt though, really hoping he can pull out a win on top of this, though he's still projected to win 114 to 105. Um, I, I, I want to pick Dame, but I definitely am not. I'm, gonna, I'm also going to pick Wyatt here. I think, like I said, with the Saint, the Saints at Falcons game is no longer going to be a shootout. Michael Thomas is still going to be sort of dead weight on, to Dame's team, unfortunately. And I just don't see any way that Dame drops enough points to overcome Dalvin Cook over Dallas. Uh, yeah, I gotta go with I gotta go with Wyatt here. I mean, if this if we recorded this before the Thursday night game, I definitely would have gone with Wyatt. But after seeing two of his star players go and put up pretty lackluster performances, and with Dane having AP being the starting running back, and um, and I don't know, I I'm gonna pick Dane to win this one. Hmm. Wow, I think that the first pick we've all made separately, all made different. Uh, I think so. Well, I, no, I chose Nate, but Caniglio, you and Gelbert are like in sync with all of your picks right now. Great minds think alike. <laughs> Playing follow the leader. <laughs> and the last game we have is myself against Noah. Uh, Noah right now projected to win by 16, but he does have Taysom Hill still in his lineup, so we'll have to see how that transpires if he ends up removing him from the lineup. You know, he did have Kyler Murray, Tyler Lockett go with actually, you know, with all things considered, Kyler Murray going against Seattle defense, 22 points is probably a best case scenario I could have asked for. And I, this is a must win game for me. I'm going to go with myself, even though uh, I feel like it's like it's not a coin flip. It's probably like 60% chance, no, a 40% chance me. I, w- I want to pick you, Gilbert. I just, I just can't. I, I don't like your matchups. I think you have a, a good chance to win this one. I think it's closer to 50-50. I do think Noah wins this one, though. Mm-hmm. I think just purely on matchups. Yeah, I, I think Noah's going to win. I think you did get pretty lucky. This is probably one of Kyler Murray's lowest point performances of the year, and especially against one of the worst defenses in football. So um, that worked out well for you, but I just think that there's so much potential with Jefferson against the Cowboys and, um, you know, Gibson and Jacobs have pretty good matchups. So I'm going to go with Noah. The fact that Kyler Murray and Tyler Lockett didn't drop 90 points on you gives you a good chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe this will be the week that uh, Aaron Jones and Mike Davis, even though they have tough matchups, decide to to go off. And unfortunately, Tyler Boyd and Jamison Crowder both play pretty highly rated passing defenses. So but luckily for me, the Chargers will probably be DB down a lot, which might give Crowder some opportunity for some garbage time. And I'm still waiting I wonder if uh, CEH is going to be playing, because if not, I got Le'Veon Bell waiting to replace Judy as my... As I think my he's supposed to play as of now, but we'll have to see. 
Yeah. All right, Caniglio, it was great having you on the show. We had uh, Siler. I appreciate the open dialogue with the league. I think I, when I spoke with a few people, we were worried you were might be in a little bit of a big head as you sit there with your hands back, reclined back, knowing that you you made the right decision. You know, it will be interesting to see if Noah does end up benching him or decides to kind of go rogue and live by his own rules and what the implications of that will be. But uh, Caniglio, again, great job. Loved having you on. Not sure if you have any parting words before we pass it to Tyler to end the podcast. Uh, not, not much. I'm happy to be here. Always, always uh, an avid listener of the podcast. You guys are doing a great job, both, you know, as podcast owners and also contributors to the league. Uh, really appreciate what you guys are doing. Contributing to justice. Um, it, it was a great dialogue. Noah, please just take out Taysom Hill. Don't make me take him out for you. Uh, I would appreciate it. And uh, good luck, everybody, this week. Yeah, good luck, everyone. Have a good one. Oh, thank you.